in a world where people need their computers fixed. One man stands alone, ready and able to tackle the toughest of all computer problems. With over 10 years of experience, he always knows exactly what will fix your computer. Um, have you tried turning it off and back on again? Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Drew, the IT guy, and today we're going to talk about some IT. Um, so first things first, we're going to talk about the what's going on with Drew segment. Uh, what's going on with Drew is this week we did my uh, switch cutover. Well, I say my switch cutover. I did it for work. Uh, last week we talked about me switching over uh, from those Zizel switches to the new Cisco ones early. Uh, this week I did the full cutover, which required me to go in after hours and unplug everything and plug them into these new switches. A lot of people uh, would would call this work, but I call it some soul-searching therapy. Uh, we, I say we, it's me by myself. I'm a one-man IT shop, as many of you know. And uh, I went in after hours, and pretty much I unplugged everything in the office. I mean servers, phones, computers, uh, cameras, you name it, I unplugged it. So... And usually when you do that, you expect some sort of, uh, what do you call it, problems. And I was pleasantly surprised, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, you know, I have faith in my own ability as an IT administrator, but when you do something like this, you always expect problems. And I was pleasantly surprised when I got in uh, Monday, uh, no, mon not Monday, Whatever day it was, I came in the next day, and no one had any problems. I mean, no phone problems, no computer problems, nothing. It was mind-blowing to me. Um, but somehow, you know, a little bit relieving to know that I did something, and I didn't have any problems with it. So, not that I expect problems. Well, in this case, I actually did expect a few problems. But anyway, that is what's going on with Drew. Um, in other news... Summer semester's coming up. I'm taking the database administrations class, and I'm not excited about it. I don't really like databases. SQL servers are not my jam, typically, but I'm going to make it work. Uh, after this past semester, I didn't do great with my assembly language class, so I, I really need to buckle down, step my game up, and, and do a little better. So we're going to do that. Uh, I start next week. Uh, yes, next week, on May the 30th, which happens to be my 30th birthday. So, get loud for that. <laughs> um, next segment, we're going to talk about uh, Q&A. And this week's Q&A, my question actually comes from me. Uh, it was a question that I had that I had to answer myself. Uh, I don't really get a lot of questions. I'm pretty sure the only people listening are my deployment friends. So, uh, shout out to you guys, Kevin, Sean, Craig, and Chase. For listening to my podcast and supporting me but my question was i'm building a new house as many of you know and i don't want anything in my living room except tv i don't want the receiver i don't want a switch i don't want uh a roku i don't want anything i just want a tv i want everything hidden so this brought into my next question was how do i tie this in along with home automation and home automation has been a hot item. Everybody's been talking about it. It seems every company's come out with their own 
home automation hub. So I had a hefty task ahead of me was to research all these hubs. A lot of them not really worth mentioning. They did not get great reviews. Um, and, and mind you, I have not personally tried any of these except one, and I'll tell you about the one later. Uh, this is just what I've researched. So there's two that I will recommend, but as long as you bear in mind that I've never used these. And one is the Wink. Wink is a company that I've been following for actually quite some time. I've been looking into them. When I first started looking into smart home stuff, I, I kind of got the feeling, you know, once you buy into a single product or brand, you know, you're in that brand. So you just need to build off the one. So I looked into it, I saw Wink, and Wink had a wide variety of brands that hooked into it. And we're talking, when I say wide variety of brands, I mean your typical Internet of Things, you know, your light switches, your thermostats, your refrigerators, your garage door openers, um, door locks, all those things. So Wink was one that it got high, high reviews, and they just came out with a Wink 2, which I think is supposed to be upgraded. Uh, it has some new things. The one thing that I liked that the Wink 1 didn't have, which was kind of why I didn't invest in it a while back, was there's no hard, uh, not hard, but physical port for me to plug a, an Ethernet cable into. It was Wi-Fi only. Uh, it's not something that I really like. I, I like something to have a port on it that I can plug it into if I need to. Uh, the second thing I want to I want to talk about is this the Samsung Smart Things. This one came really recommended by a lot of people, but the one con that I got from a lot of people was that it's it's very Samsung oriented. Obviously, you know it's their it's their smart home hub, so they wanna they wanna promote their own smart home things. Their their light switches, their garage door openers, their everything. Um, so those two. Got really, really good reviews, but they really didn't fit into what I was trying to do. So after about a day of researching, I was almost at my wit's end, and I watched probably my 50th home automation hub review video on YouTube, and the very last thing that this guy reviewed was something that really piqued my interest, and it's an open source home automation hub called OpenHab. That's open H-A-B, hab. It's, it's all open source, which means it's completely free to download. They don't sell a hub like in a hardware appliance. It can go on anything like a, a Windows computer or a Mac computer, or what a lot of people are doing is they're sticking them on Raspberry Pis. So when you're talking about real estate, it's not taking up hardly any room. So the, the one thing is that it has to run all the time, and that's why the guys with Raspberry Pis are recommending Raspberry Pis. You know, if you don't have a spare computer lying around the house, it's a good uh, alternative. You can pick you up a Raspberry Pi for like, I think, $30 these days. They're cheap. Um, so, and the best part about it was that was something that I could download right now and try. So I'm super excited to talk about this uh, OpenHab because I already downloaded it, installed it, and, and I'm actually using it right now because I do have a number of smart home things. I have... Um, I have some Casa TP-Link light switches, and I have a Philips Hue with a couple light bulbs, and I have some security cameras, which I'll talk about that in a minute. That was a whole nother deal. Um, so it was super easy to set up. Basically, you just download the uh, the zip file from their website, openhab.org, and um, it uh, brings you to the website. You go to the downloads, you download the zip file. You have to have the a Java JDK, uh, which being 
an IT guy. I'm always testing stuff. I already had a JDK installed, so no biggie there. And uh, you go into the software and you create bindings with different brands. So for like my TP-Link and my Philips Hue, they already had bindings built into the software. So all I did was click bindings, click TP-Link, install. It installed it, and then immediately this thing picked up and found all of my light switches in my house. And all I did was create items, attach these things to the items, and bam, I was good to go. This thing already hooked up. The, probably the easiest thing for home automation I've ever set up. It was just a breeze. And the same thing with the Philips Hue. The Philips Hue, the only thing is I had to go press the uh, sync button on the receiver. No big deal. Uh, and it automatically picked up all my light bulbs. It was awesome. So the next thing I had to do is I had to go into, they have a new uh, OpenHab 2.0 that has a feature called Hab Panel. And it's just a web interface that you can go to and you build. Um, it looks like a, a smart home uh, web interface. It's just got little, you build little buttons that'll turn off and on things. Uh, like I have uh, the smart light bulbs that are dimmable. So I can, I put a slider on there and, and that way I can, you know, dim the lights up and down via anything. And the best thing about this is I can open it up on a tablet. So my wife has an old Kindle Fire that she doesn't really use anymore. So I open this up on a tablet and it's awesome. So I can, something I can carry around and I can use it to turn the lights on and off, uh, dim the lights, you know, do whatever. So this brings me to my next piece, which is something that I've really been looking forward to is integrating this into everything. So at my house right now, I am running a Synology gestation and I have security cameras. I have four of them that catch all four sides of my house. Just so, you know, because I'm a paranoid person. Um, and I wanted a way to be able to interface this into my smart home, uh, or not smart home, but home automation. So I started doing some researching. I looked into the pre-built bindings and I didn't see anything for Synology. I did see something for a couple other camera things. So I knew it was possible to interface these into my uh, home automation software. So I hopped on the Google and I started looking around and sure enough, I found someone else who had the same exact problem. And this is the absolute beauty of open source and why I love it so much. Uh, everybody collaborates. So I found a couple links, took me to GitHub, where of course someone, a group of people are already developing bindings for Synology Station. So I emailed the guy quickly and said, hey man, look, I'm interested in uh, trying out this Synology stuff. Can you kind of step me through this? Your read me on there is not great. Uh, you know, kind of help me out here. He emailed me back pretty quick. He said, yeah, um, you know, just do this, download it, put it into your jar, uh, your add-ons folder, the jar file into the add-ons folder, and uh, it should work. You know, he said, we just released version eight and it seems to be a stable version. So if you have problems, uh, update it on the GitHub and, you know, we'll look at it. Awesome, cool. So I download the file, which I'm always wary about doing. God, it scares me so much. But it was something I really wanted to try out, so I downloaded it, put the jar file in my add-ons folder, and immediately found all my cameras. Um, I was really impressed with it. So the next step past here, now that I know I have a working home automation hub that I can use, 
is to start building my server. I actually bought, I didn't buy this. I acquired this. It's a Dell Power Edge 2950. It's a mega old server, but nonetheless, it is a hardware, you know, uh, appliance that I can use as a server. I've got a couple hard drives I'm gonna throw in there. I originally intended to use it for virtualization, which I might actually still do. Uh, just set up a couple virtual machines on there, but I want one that's gonna be the majority of the space on there and the power. It's just gonna be probably a Windows 10 build. It's where I want to run my uh, media server. I have a Plex server running, but it the Plex server runs on the machine that I use on a daily basis, and I want to uh, not not do that anymore. I want to be able to uh, have it on a, a separate machine. So we're uh, we're looking to to build that out, and I want to put this smart home stuff so that it runs on there. So the next thing I need to figure out. And it's something that I'm still currently doing research on, but I'm going to tell you guys about it. Maybe some of you have uh, done this yourselves, but I have an older receiver that I want to use for uh, my, my surround sound system in my living room, uh, as well as to plug all my devices into so that I only have one input on my TV. <clears throat> the only problem is it's uh, IR-based, so the remote works on an infrared laser, uh, your old school remotes where you gotta be pointing directly at it. And this poses a problem if I don't want it in my living room because I don't have a way to uh, point the remote to it and control it. So what I've been doing some research on are these things called IR blasters. And they're basically just, um, the best way to, to describe it is a tunnel. And you put one in where you want to point your remote to and the other end will point at your device. So instead of pointing at your device, you point at the remote end and it transmits the signal down the cable and then shoots another uh, infrared signal out of the output end and into your device. So what I was thinking was I could put one of these cables to run from my comm closet where I'm gonna have all my receiver and uh, all my entertainment center equipment and run a cable from there to my living room where my TV is and just have a tiny little infrared receiver on like the bottom corner of my TV. But I also wanted to be able to control this via my home automation. So let's say I want to turn the TV on. I don't have to point the remote. I can just go to my uh, tablet and click turn TV on. And all of a sudden my TV comes on with my surround sound system. I'm able to control the volume. I'm able to, if I want to watch a movie, I can just click you know, Roku and the Roku switches over to the Roku and opens up my Plex app so I can watch movies or whatever. So I've been looking into uh, trying to get this interfaced into my home automation and it's it's been a bit of a problem. So there's no real solution where I can buy that's pre-built and ready to go. It seems like something I'm going to have to build. If anybody has ever found a, a solution to this to this problem please i'm all ears on this because everything i see is it's pretty homemade pretty diy uh, not out of the scope of my my abilities but you know probably i'm probably biting off more than i can chew with trying to tackle that that problem but um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing some research and maybe i'll have that one moment where i i say oh you know what? That's easy. I, I think I can do that. 
Uh, but I, ha I still have a long ways to go before I even get to the point where I'm installing this in my house. We're, uh, we're still working through the bank process to, to get the lot purchased to, to put the house on. So um, anyway, that is my show, guys. We talked about a lot. We talked about uh, cable management. And we talked about uh, home automation. So, uh, if you again, if you have any questions about anything I talked about today, please hit me up on Twitter, uh, Drew the IT Guy zero one, um, or you know, shoot me an email, Drew the IT Guy at gmail .com. Um, Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, ask me questions, uh, and I'll answer it on the show. And as always, you guys keep on keeping on. <laughs>